When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. It's certainly a disappointing outcome. And what I've learned in this league in my years is they all count one. And um, the point differential doesn't end up becoming a thing that sticks with it, but the loss or the win does. And so... um, you know, we've got to find a way moving forward to, to get wins and, um, and uh, you know, play much better than we did tonight. Well, welcome to another therapy session here. Had a nice one on Vikings Ventline yesterday. I think uh, by the end of it, I think people felt a little better about what happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't know if Judd feels better or worse. We'll get his thoughts today. But this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, and when needed, therapy. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And getting beat 40-3 to at home by the Cowboys is not the best. Like, if there's a couple paths to take here, I don't think that's the path you want to go down to win the Super Bowl. But the show is presented by our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs, delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Also, uh, our friends at Surly. It's been a lot of victory beers throughout yeah. the year here, but uh, maybe some maybe some coping tall boys and some furious, especially, mm-hmm. is in order this week. Absolutely is. But here's the one great thing: so your teams, and God knows we know this, will let you down. Doesn't matter the color of the team; it might be purple, yeah. it might be maroon and gold. But you know what won't let you down? Our friends, boys, they never do at Surly Brewing. In fact, you know what they do? If you're like, I tried this beer from Surly today, I'm not feeling it. Surly's right there to say, well, then try this one or try that one before I die. Furious, logic bomb. I could go on and on because Surly gives you options and all of them, in my opinion, are delicious. So, yes, Surly Brewing will never let you down. Hopefully on Thursday, too, the Vikings get back on track. The before I die mission can resume in full force. You know, sometimes, and we'll get to hottest, strongest Vikings take here in just a few seconds. Chef Mackey, old Macadac, has the pie chart of blame here. He's been sharpening knives for the last 24 hours. But you know how life, lifetime sometimes checks you where you're, you're riding high, you know, you, you get a promotion at work, and then, you know, you, you meet a girl or whatever. You, I don't know, just like five good things happen. Like, wow, this is great. I finally turned a corner in life. And then you rear-end someone in the uh, yeah. drive through of a coffee shop or something. Or you uh, drive over a rusty nail or I don't know. It's like 
life always checks you in some way. I feel like life checked the Vikings yesterday, big time. They just like, I don't know, they got T-boned at an intersection or something. Hopefully they're not, you know, in too rough shape in the hospital. But life definitely said, Their car blew up. We're going to take you down a night. Their car blew up. Their brakes went out and they went off a cliff. (laughs) But besides that. Uh, So, with that backdrop, let's start with Judd here. What is your hottest, strongest take off of yesterday's near historic debacle, the second worst home loss in terms of points margin in Vikings history? All right, so there's, like, there's a lot of hot takes probably to go go with just because this game was a disaster, and you could say, you know, the Vikings have been exposed, and they're not, you know, they're going to lose in the first playoff game. But I, I want to go bigger picture here. And my hottest, strongest Vikings take, as I gave it thought last night, is very simple. The Vikings have seven games left and then playoffs because they're going. Those games, starting on Thursday, we have started the clock on now, in my opinion, Kevin O'Connell officially deciding what the future is on Kirk Cousins. These last seven games and the playoffs will decide. You know, Kevin O'Connell, for the most part, has done a great job with Kirk. And I think he likes Kirk. I think it appears all of that was genuine, all right? But yesterday, while it was a debacle on everybody, O'Connell, the team, not just Kirk, the referendum, fair or not, often comes back. On the quarterback. And I really believe that the rest of the season now is going to decide, will Kirk Cousins be signed to another contract? And, and we're looking at potentially four more years of Kirk, or will Kirk Cousins' future be decided and the Vikings will say it's time to go find a quarterback that we can develop, and that is really Kevin O'Connell's guy. So you're saying a guy who leads the NFL in fourth-quarter comebacks yes. in the last year and a half is now essentially on the clock to prove that he's worthy. I'm saying yes, yes. And and that is because, you know, no matter what O'Connell says about Kirk and no matter how good a job he does with Kirk, Kirk is not his guy. And he doesn't have to accept People it. think he is, though, because they work together in Washington. Yeah. And and he probably had some say in who do you, or do you want Kirk back to some extent. He absolutely he... did. He absolutely did. But the dirty little secret, in my opinion, is this. Every coach wants his guy, a young guy, to develop. And some coaches do a great job with that guy. And some coaches think that they're going to do a great job and they fail miserably. But the reality is, I think yesterday, would because it was su- such a debacle, and, and the bounce back starting Thursday is going to be so important, what we see or don't see. I think that this starts the clock on the official Kirk Cousins watch, which, by the way, if it goes well, he could sign a- another extension. So I'm not dismissing him, but I am saying that we are now on Kirk watch. That's my hottest thing. And I'll, Chef Mackey later will give you his pie chart of blame, so mm-hmm. he, will, he will withhold some of this opinion here. But I do have a question for you. Are you are you blaming Kirk for yesterday's loss? Because I think a lot of people are going to hear what you just said. No, not okay. at all. Not at all. What I I am saying, you now have to bounce back on Thursday, and at some point in time, part of the responsibility. And again, this might be totally unfair. I don't care. It's how the league works. Falls on your starting quarterback, and everything yesterday. And you know, here's the thing, you guys. Third play from scrimmage. Kirk gets flushed from the pocket, and and we see the old Kirk get strip-sacked. I know that's a tough play, but, dude, ball security sets the tone of a game. 
So, it, sounds like you're blaming Kirk. Yeah, it sounds like I'm saying Kirk, Kirk has to take some sounds responsibility. Like you're blaming, I'm saying, you, are you, it sounds like you were lying a minute ago when you said you weren't blaming Kirk. I'm and not then blaming you just, Kirk completely. And then you just rattled off reasons mm. why well, Kirk is to, bl- to blame. We've complained about this for a long time. You can't absolve him completely. <laughs> Absolution is not, but, but Kevin O'Connell is, I'm telling you, and I've been telling you this for weeks now, don't assume that just because it's working that O'Connell's like, Kirk is my guy. Kirk is very expensive. Every coach would love a good young quarterback on a rookie contract who that coach can develop and sort of be his guy. I just think the clock is started. So, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off this with my hottest Vikings take. And it's kind of, I guess it's kind of the opposite of yours, even though I am the number one Kirk hater mm-hmm. on the internet. Okay? You are, yes. My hottest, strongest Vikings take is that Kirk Cousins deserves praise for yesterday. And I say that because I think a lot of quarterbacks would have been injured and knocked out for multiple games when faced with the duress that he was under for three hours. I think it's a minor miracle that he's available and fairly healthy to play on Thursday against the Patriots. A 63% pressure rate by the Cowboys, seven sacks, Mm -hmm. and countless other quarterback hits in that game. I mean, he literally walked into a boxing match and got knocked down in every round at least once and by the, and still made it to the end of the fight for a decision and, like, is able to fight again. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I know that his performance was also not good. Um, but he needs this – is, this is how I've been trying to sort of wrap my brain around what happened yesterday. Because on one hand, I agree, it would be really nice to have a quarterback that can just sort of – overcome everything all the time. There's only a few in the league, and not all the time. Even Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl, when faced with kind of a rickety offensive line in the Buccaneers, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and he couldn't dig the Chiefs out of it a couple years ago, whatever it was, three years ago in the Super Bowl, right? Um, so Cousins needs a certain level of help around him to perform at a high level, and that level of help is higher than 8, 10, 12 other quarterbacks in the NFL. Yesterday, you could have put Tom Brady in his prime. You could have put Patrick Mahomes, Brett Favre from like the mid to late 90s running around the right big arm. I don't think there's a quarterback in history that leads the Vikings to a competitive offensive performance with what happened. With the defense giving up just hundreds of yards and 40 points and the offensive line giving up a 63% pressure rate. Um, So... Honestly, I'm I'm only saying this like with my tongue touching my cheek, not pressed in my cheek. He's lucky he did not get hurt in that game yesterday. And for the people saying, "Well, whoa, you're defending him now. This is the way it's been for the majority of." Th-. No, it's not. People have over exaggerated the amount of duress he's been under. Just because the Vikings have had a bad offensive line largely for the last five years doesn't mean that he's under duress. Sixty three percent of dropbacks. Okay. Usually what happens is there's a standard amount of pressure that most quarterbacks face in every game, like 30% of snaps or 25 or 40 or whatever it is, right? And people act like, well, what's he supposed to do? Well, I mean, every quarterback faces a reasonable amount of pressure in difficult games against tough pass rushes in Micah Parsons. This went beyond reasonable into unsafe territory. And I credit him for not dying in that game yesterday. Now, now, where our points actually, I think, tie, 
together because, as I said, the whole team played poorly. Where they actually tie together perfectly, though, is this. It is now... So this is a game that previously would have left Kirk not hurt, but mentally rattled for a while. How yeah, does he bounce right. back now? How does he bounce back, too? Well, I this isn't exactly the defense on Thursday to feel right, comfortable but, but against. I, well, oh, and by the way, the Jets, make fun of the Jets all you want. Yep. They have a top five pressure rate, too. They, so. they do. In fact, the Jets, the Jets so, so the Cowboys lead the entire league 42 sacks. The Patriots, oh, they're only second with thir- 36. Philadelphia, thir- 33. The Jets are then tied with three teams at 32. But that's where, that's my point is, that's where the decision on Kirk is going to start to be made now in, does he bounce back fine? Because, you know, Kirk is a tough SOB, and that's awesome. But what we've seen before from Kirk at times is where this type of game throws him off. No pun intended. And so that's my question, and I think the Vikings will be very curious to see how he, and the rest of the team, of course, responds. Yeah, in terms of pressure rate, you, you listed off the sacks. In terms of pressure rate, Dallas, number one in the NFL. New England, number two. San Francisco, three. Jets, four. Commanders, five. You, so you face the command. And the Bills, by the way, are like, ah, uh, they're like more mid-pack. But you're going to wind up facing, let's see here, four of the top five pressure defenses in a month and change. So you're you are you, this is a this is a learning experience for let's call it that. This was a learning experience. <laughs> and you'll get another learning experience on Thursday. All right, Dex, what is your hottest Vikings take? All right, so after watching uh the Vikings lose 40 to 3 and allowing 37 basically unanswered points in a dreadful loss to the Cowboys, you could say. Uh my hottest strongest take is this. This loss means nothing to me. This ass-kicking that that took place means nothing to me, especially when it comes to the 2022 Vikings and their chances of being a Super Bowl contender. And props to Declan for bringing a take, a, a hot take. I, I, did, I cleared it with the gal. We were making tacos last night. I was like, hey, I think I already got the take. Like, what do you think about this one? She goes, that is a pretty hot take. And I said, okay. Thank you. Not even she wasn't. It wasn't even just a supportive like. Oh, like yeah, honey, good job. It was like she no, that's you're as crazy. Yeah, as she's I do like right you're now. you're pretty nuts. Like that's that's a pretty hot take. I like your gal. She's a good one. Um, but back to the actual take. This loss doesn't stop you from winning the division. This doesn't stop you, in my opinion, from hosting a playoff game. This is the cost of doing business in the NFL. Sometimes, sometimes you take one on the chin. Um, and there's two biggest the two biggest culprits in this game. You couldn't stop two players in the Cowboys, in my opinion. Two. Micah Parsons was all over the GD field, just absolutely eating up Kirk for lunch and breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And Tony Pollard, who might be a star for the Cowboys, no pun intended, might be their next big guy. Wow. But it's, puns are hot and heavy. They are. But I, you out 190 yards to the guy who is like the pseudo-starting running back and was getting swing passes and was getting open in the craziest situations. I don't see a running back like that running and just accu- accumulating 190 yards like that all over the place. You couldn't stop those two dudes. If you couldn't stop those two guys, who Micah Parsons, I will put a ton of respect on, legitimately think he's a top-five defensive player in the NFL. Tony Pollard, I don't know, man. He was the only one that really gashed you. This was a loss. It stunk. But I don't think it hurts their playoff chances. I don't think it hurts their Super Bowl contenders' uh, status. I think this loss means nothing to me when it comes to the rest of the season. Let's let's we'll unpack that in a second. I want to say something about Tony Pollard. So, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. 
they basically play Zeke Elliott because they feel bad and and they feel like, well, we already signed into the contract. Exactly. Zeke Elliott is really just, and they did it yesterday. He should be used in short yarded situations where Tony Pollard just can't crash up the middle for the yard needed to score a touchdown, which is, again, they did use him for that yesterday. Tony Pollard averages seven yards per touch. He averages just on the ground six yards per carry. He's ridiculous. And he's been a part time player, not because of some slight to him because they paid mistakenly Zeke Elliott a huge contract. So I'm not trying to make him like make an excuse for the Vikings here. Um, but the good news for the Vikings is not every team has a Tony Pollard that they can just dust off and and throw at these old plotting linebackers that the Vikings have out there. Uh, Joe, what do you think about Declan kind of kind of saying what Kirk said, which is they all count the same. Whatever, you're still eight and two. If you can correct every problem that was exposed, yes, they're exactly right. The issue, though, is that the run defense, and I don't care if it's so. Pollard brings, to your point, he brings some different things that that each that each opponent is not going to have the ability to bring. But the bottom line is the Cowboys came out and punched the Vikings in the run game and kept doing it and set a tone completely. And that's my concern. That's the blueprint now. We're going to run against you until you stop us. And and if we're getting, you know, four yards here, six yards there, 20 yards here, that becomes a problem. So I, I am all in on the forget this game, but I think that there are some definite cautionary tales from this game that need to be addressed and addressed quickly because you know until the Vikings come back now with a very strong game, uh, that you are going to see teams try and and abuse this defense in the run game. And as I said on Ventline yesterday, I'm more concerned about what the defense didn't do than what the offense didn't do. I don't really think... Now, the Patriots will bring pressure, but I don't really think that that offensive line is going to play that horrendous again on Thursday. At least I hope, I'm, I hope they don't. But the defense had some things definitely exposed that have to be a concern. I will say uh, I mostly agree with Declan's hot take, but it's up to the Vikings at this point. Yeah. This game this game definitely can mean nothing. And I'll have either today or tomorrow, I'll have for you guys, I, I was early this morning just doing kind of a deep dive into what's the precedent for Super Bowl winning teams getting absolutely drubbed at home at some point in the season, and specifically second half of the season, uh, and and the good news is there's precedent for it. You can get you can get smoked at home, or have a really bad stretch of games in November December, and still be a Super Bowl team. But it's but it's kind of up to the Vikings. You know if if they can't fight back against a team that's dominating them in the trenches, then I, it's going to be hard to go win three or four consecutive playoff games. But I think we have to get to the pie chart here because all of this kind of ties together, gentlemen. Uh, so a pie chart of blame for only the second time this season. Now on Mackie and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The pie chart of blame. You want to blame the somebody? Rock knows how you feel about pie. I mean, we've only done this. The pie chart of blame is a rarity this season. The only other one was after the Philadelphia game. Who did the first one? Two months ago. I don't oh, even you too. remember it wasn't me. I don't believe it was me. It might have been Phil. I don't remember doing it. Was it me? I don't honestly don't remember. Long so long ago. ago. Yeah, it's a, it's a long season in the National Football League. 
So uh, this pie chart of blame is presented in part by a new sponsor as of today. We love when you guys support our partners. It helps keep the lights on here at Purple Daily. Hold on. There and we, we had an amazing meeting with our friends in St. Louis Park. It's been a home bar for both Judd and myself. Park Tavern. Welcome aboard, Park Tavern. Oh, Welcome yeah. aboard. Yes, Phil, Phil and I met, met with them about, uh, what, Phil, three weeks back? And we got the tour. And the thing that you realize, and like I've been there a thousand times, but when I'm touring that place, it's like this place is huge. And as they said, you know what it's great for? Parties. It's great for par- It's great for huge groups. Dude, I've had probably six fantasy football drafts at Park Tavern. <laughs> yeah. Because they, they just, all right, you got 12 guys or 14 or whatever it is. Here's just an amazing room. Yeah. You can just, you can order food. Here's a room with a bar. Just go sit back there. Have a good time. And and here's the thing, too, that, that they broached, and they're exactly right, too. So, you know, like when, I don't know, the wife has a birthday co- coming up, and you know you you are supposed to plan it. But oh, personally, as a guy, I sort of panic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm too. like, where where's it going to be? What are we going to do? <laughs> and, 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 like, my mind is racing, and ordinarily I'd ask my wife, what should I do? I but it's it. her birthday, yeah. so I can't. Okay, <laughs> calm down, deep breath. Park Tavern, absolutely perfect. Park Tavern is the place to call. It's 952-929-6810. Now, one last thing about our friends, Park Tavern. All right. Sports Dad's been looking for a home bar for a while here. He's a home bar free agent. Let's just say, let's just say, I'm not going to name names now, but let's just say that uh, pre-pandemic Sports Dad's bar has taken Surly off tap. So that can't be a, that's a non-starter. That's a non-starter. But guess who's got Surly? Park Tavern. Guess who's got games? Park, Park Tavern. Tavern. Guess who's got delicious food? Park Tavern. Bowling. Let's just say I believe Sports Dad will be making an appearance at the corner of the bar, Park Tavern, tonight for a little MNF and Wolves. Here. I'll join you. This Maybe. guy right so here. So if you'd like to join me, I think it'll be at least the first half. little dinner, a few surlies, <laughs> Park Tavern. Uh, located, if you need to know, now, of course, you can go online and find it, Louisiana South, St. Louis Park. Easily accessible, plenty of parking, plenty more to come on the Park Tavern story. The official tavern of Sports Dad, Judd Zolgad. Also, a shout-out to our friends over at Federated. They've been helping business owners for over 100 years. Let's just say that uh, their offensive line protecting your business a little better than the one we saw protecting Kirk's business yesterday. If you're looking for just a great guiding hand, a business that can help maximize your business. Federated's been doing this for over 100 years. They're based in Owatonna. They are one of us, so to speak. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect the rock yours. Knows how you feel about pie. All right, boys. Old Macadac has six slices of pie to dish out here today. All right. You can tell me at the end or during if you want, if I'm off base on this. I debated putting this person in the pie chart. But I am going to give 5% to Kirk Cousins. You're blaming, Mackie's blaming Cousins again. All right. Here's here's why he's getting 5%. Again, I stand by everything I said earlier in the show. He's lucky to be alive after yesterday. So he, he does not shoulder the blame for the loss. But I do think he was largely at fault for the, the fumble 30 seconds into the game, basically, that gave Dallas momentum right away. If you watch that play over again, yes, Christian Derrissaw, who probably shouldn't have been out there in retrospect, and now he's going to miss, my guess is, multiple weeks now that he's had two concussions. Yep. 
the first two seconds of that play. And again, your job as an offensive lineman is to hold steady for like two and a half, maybe three seconds. And then after that, it's all, all bets are off. And uh, he, the initial burst of Micah Parsons, Derisaw absorbed it. And then Cousins kind of rolled out to the right, and Micah Parsons kept fighting on the play, got around Derisaw. And I don't know what Cousins, if, if Cousins has just become so comfortable with Derisaw as his left tackle, but I thought he held onto the ball way too long, especially because he was out of the pocket at that point. You can just throw the ball away. And uh, yes, it was sort of a blindside situation, which makes it harder to hold onto the ball. But he held onto the ball too long. Mm-hmm. And he fumbled it. And the Cowboys instantly put three points on the board while making your offense feel terrible about itself. So, um, And he's also just generally bad when faced with pressure. He's never really fixed this problem in his career. He's had moments where he'll have a couple games here and there where he's lighting up teams that blitz or they get pressure. But these teams that just punch you in the mouth, he doesn't really have a great counter punch for it. Yesterday, I don't think any quarterback would have had a counterpunch for that. But he deserves 5% of blame for contributing largely to the big fumble at the beginning. All right, off that point, too, and the fumble specifically, Dallas did something that I don't recall seeing a ton of teams do, and they probably do it against all QBs, but it's the type of thing that the Patriots will definitely adopt if, if mm-hmm. they don't already do, do this. Did you guys see... so? So the pressure on Kirk was e- immense, which causes him to stop and double clutch a lot of times. Like he won't, he'll he'll stop himself, yeah. which is a problem. Did you guys see the amount of times that Dallas defenders raked at the ball? Oh yeah, which is which I don't remember seeing a ton of teams do it as as deliberately. I'm not saying the teams don't, but like the defenders would come in and and regardless of getting the sack or not, they would go at the ball pretty hard. And Kirk's like this, and so. It's susceptible. Those are the type of things that I think are important to address. Yeah, that's a. Th- I mean, that's a that- thing for Dallas too. But it's also been a thing throughout Kirk's career. Correct. You know, this year he's been way better at it. I think Declan highlighted that last week. But it's been. It's not like it's just gone from his. Yep. His career. It's been a problem for him. So, um, I mean, Micah Parsons running full speed at your blind side. Most humans are going to fumble in that situation, but. You got to get rid of the ball, have an internal clock in that spot. So, yes, I am blaming Cousins, but only 5%. I knew you, would. I knew you couldn't help yourself, Hater. <laughs> okay, 10%, and this is where you guys might kill me on this. This might be too low, but I'm giving Kevin O'Connell 10%. Because hmm. the dude ultimately got worked by Mike McCarthy. I'll take Kevin O'Connell going forward for the next 5 or 10 years over Mike McCarthy. But the Vikings were just zombies following this huge emotional win. I do like that O'Connell kind of owned it after the game and said, yeah, we just we didn't have these guys prepared, whatever. Maybe it was cliche speak, but it was also true. They were not prepared. Do we really think there's a 40-3 to three gap between the Vikings and the Cowboys? Or was the lack of preparedness in a home game, by the way, part of the problem? I don't, I don't think there's a, a five-touchdown gap between the Vikings and the Cowboys. So, so coaching definitely absorbs some of this, and Kevin O'Connell, 10%. I'm not going to rip you. I'm actually going to hold my comments until late Thursday. Okay. The Thursday game is will my, my referendum on Kevin and his coaching Kevin, will come. My referendum on him will come late Thursday because I think what happens Thursday will be my judgment of Sunday. That's a fair 
a fair point. From a coaching standpoint. Okay, 10% to aging Vikings linebackers, particularly Jordan Hicks. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, I'm eye-testing this a little Mm because the PFF grades haven't come out, and they will tell you more specifically who was to blame for Tony Pollard racking up 190 yards on 21 touches in that game. Just an absurd performance. And there was a couple big plays in the passing game, too, where Jordan Hicks was the nearest guy or Eric Kendrick. So aging linebackers, this was clearly a point of emphasis for the Cowboys saying, let's get Pollard out in space against guys that probably can't keep up with him. You know what, too? That does come back on coaching big time. From an Ed Donatel preparation standpoint, and o- O'Connell by default, they were not prepared for that. And they were coming off a game against Buffalo where they damn well knew that that team doesn't use a running back for the most part. Yeah. So, like, if there's something to really go after coaching for, the the mismatch that Pollard created and the Vikings' lack of seemingly being prepared for that is a definite red flag that has to be fixed quickly. Because, like, you shouldn't get... There's no position that should take you to school when you know that player exists unless the player can't be stopped. And Pollard's really good, but he can be stopped if you address it correctly. They didn't address that well at all. Yep. Okay, 20% to the Vikings' defensive line that was blown off the ball on almost every play in that game. Now you're hitting it. And I I get that Dalvin Tomlinson's out. So some of this comes down to the Vikings don't have a ton of depth on defense. They don't have a ton of depth linebacker or really anywhere along the front seven. So, um, and also on the, on the pass rush front, we talk about how Dallas just terrorized Kirk Cousins all day. Dak Prescott was touched once in 70 snaps. Well, he was tackled a couple times because he ran the ball for chunks. But uh, he threw like 25 or 28 passes, whatever. I don't have it in front of me right now. One quarterback hit. On Dak Prescott. So he was just super comfortable all day long, 10 yards per attempt. Yep. So 20% to a defensive line that might as well have not been there yesterday. The, the result would have been pretty much identical if they had just if they had just lined up secondary players instead of defensive linemen. <laughs> they probably lose 40 to 3. <laughs> I think the most disturbing thing from all of the nonsense that occurred in giving up 40 points was was up front. So you might think this should be higher. So we'll we'll stick with me here, though. Yep. Uh, 25%. So I have two more slices. 25%. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. To the offensive line. This was the worst performance we've seen all year for what has been an improved, solid offensive line. This might have been the worst offensive line performance in the Kirk Cousins era. It's right up there with that 49ers playoff game. He was terrorized. Uh, but I, I don't know that you'll see, and, and we'll, we can compare the, the the pressure stats once we get the official ones, but um, I don't know that there's another game in the five years of Kirk Cousins where 60-plus percent of dropbacks he was, he was pressured. So, yes, the defense, and, and my last slice of pie is defense-related, the defense deserves probably the most blame for just getting blown off the ball for three hours. But when the offense can't stay on the field and can't put together a run of 10 points early on to take a lead or whatever it is, right? Um, if you can't keep pace or take a lead, it snowballs the other way. This is one of the things, too, just kind of apples to oranges. But last year, people just blamed defense, defense, defense. Look at the Vikings. What's the offense supposed to do? Well, the offense led the league in three and outs last year. 
That's a huge problem. Go take a 10-0 lead. Go take a 14-0 lead. Go take a 17-3 lead and lean on the other team and make them one-dimensional. The Vikings were running the ball pretty well yesterday, but because they fell behind and the off, the, the offense couldn't get points on the board early, they couldn't score a touchdown you know, to take a lead, um, the defense winds up in a precarious situation. So defense deserves more blame, but the offense not being able to stay on the field thanks to the offensive line being terrible was a huge problem, so. Both lines, that's fine with me. Like, they just deserve the blame. They yeah. don't, there, there is, I don't, I don't think there is a good excuse for getting your ass kicked like they, they did. Now, you're going to go through rough quarters, I get that, and Micah Parsons up, up for, for Dallas is unbelievable. But all of that being said, when you, like, watch that game, and on both sides of the ball, and I, I think you're right, Phil, I think that this is the most embarrassing Soft. It was soft. S A W F T. Soft performance we've seen since the Niners playoff game. I think you nailed it. Yeah. Both sides too. Both sides. But but I mean, if that had been Zimmer, he would have said we were soft, and he would have been right. Might yeah. not have been both, the right thing to say. Both but sides are to blame. Right. Both sides are to blame. Both sides. Thirty um, percent to Ed Donashell. Yeah. This is my biggest slice of pie. And I've I've held out on this because hey, they're bend but don't break. They're bend but they they're bending. Yeah. But they're not breaking, so it's fine. Everything's fine. They broke. Well, they uh, they broke yesterday. The dam broke. And sometimes to be honest, uh bend but don't break defenses, there's a there's a word for those defenses sometimes. And the word is lucky. And I've I've held out because I thought well, maybe they are just situational. Maybe this is all part of the deal. Just you know, make the opposing offense punch itself out between the twenties, and then although when they get inside the twenty, the Vikings are actually one of the worst red zone defenses in the league. They've somehow been one of the worst yardage defenses, but have not allowed teams into the red zone very often. It's kind of a weird dynamic, but it all kind of came crashing to a halt yesterday. The evidence is very damning. The Vikings are the third worst yards per play defense in the NFL. And the points per game started to correct themselves yesterday with a 40-burger. If they can't create turnovers, they're pretty much screwed this season. And my biggest beef with the Ed Donatel defense, I know they don't have the personnel of maybe the Broncos last year with, you know, he was coaching under Fangio. But you've got Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith. If you can't wreck offenses with those two guys... If you can't get more than one quarterback hit in three hours on Dak Prescott with those two guys, maybe some of it's on those two guys. Maybe I should dish out some blame to those players for not playing better yesterday. But ultimately, the bend but don't break broke yesterday. And I just worry that there's not an easy fix here. So 30% Ed Donatel. Yeah, this one's interesting, okay? Because first of all, Zadarius Smith was held out at times. He's clearly that that knee is a problem now. Um, he also missed the sack on Dak when it was ten to three. Oh, that was, was that was really bad. God. And he had that him. Really and I got to think if he's healthy, he brings him down. Uh, so depth is an issue. And bear with me. Can I can I give a small ancillary piece of <laughs> Thanksgiving pie? I guess Phil. I mean, we already we already gave out a hundred percent. You know what I'm going to do? I'm are do you cooking Flyers another game. pie? Are you making one hundred ten percent? I just like to give a little small slice here. <laughs> I'd like to give a small slice to Quasi Adolfo Manson. Here's why. Oh my gosh! 
He's attacking the front office. No one's Ryan, safe. No one is I safe am. after yesterday's loss. Um, here's why I'm. Here's why I am not entirely pleased. And I realize that the draft players develop and it takes some time. But if I'm not mistaken, they traded up in the second round to take Andrew Booth Jr. Correct? Yeah. Andrew Booth yesterday was, for the most part, a liability. And when we're talking about a second-round corner being plugged in, this is not Chris Boyd. You know, in the days of Chris Boyd, I said, why is Chris Boyd playing? He's not good there. He's he's uh, actually effective on special teams. Uh, but when you plug in, first of all, when uh, Caleb Evans had to start, who's a fourth-round pick because you didn't trust Booth entirely, and then Booth has to play, and he is a liability, I don't know that that just gets a free pass of, well, it's a rookie. You need depth. And when you yeah. take a guy in the second round, I would at least like to see him be representable. And Booth, I thought, struggled, was picked on. He was certainly picked on in Buffalo. And that was tough because he came in. But this was a start. This was a week of preparation. Um, and so the defense, yes, there's attrition there and guys are hurt. But I don't think that the depth is necessarily sufficient. And I would really like to see a second-round pick at corner plugged in and at least play well. He doesn't have to be a star, but play well. They didn't get that. Yeah, oh, man, it's so tough because that's also a position where there's some other guys in the league that they just kind of jump in, and they're pretty damn good as cornerbacks. It's it's not like playing quarterback and you have to figure out what defenses are trying to do to you. You know, it's you're you're playing a position that's reacting to a route tree, basically. So it's not that much different than what the speed's different. Speaking my language, route tree. <laughs> That's Speaking right. Speaking my language. Route tree. Football. God, right. that was great. So 5% Kirk Cousins, 10% Kevin O'Connell, 10% to the Vikings linebackers, namely Jordan Hicks, 20% defensive line, 25%. So a 55% to the trenches for just getting completely obliterated yesterday. And then 30% to add Donna Shell. For just not, and this also is kind of a, a career achievement award for him too. He's been this is like his third or fourth stop as coordinator, and he's never really been great at it. His best seasons, he's like knocking on the door of a top ten defense. No, he's just kind of a veteran guy, and he's he's fine. He's he's a type of guy that you would hire if you're a 37 year old, completely new offensive minded head coach. You bring in all right, Ed Donatel's been around for a while. He's like 63 years old. He, he knows how to coach, at least. But I just, you can't have a performance like that yesterday. I'm sorry. I know they've got some injuries, but come on. 40 so, points. There it is. 458 yards. They stopped five of 17 possible third down stops, and they were on the yeah. field for 37 minutes. It's pretty brutal, dude. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. There you have it. Any major qualms? I would flip Donatel, who I think uh, deserves a, a nice slice i would flip him with the with a lot with both lines but that's it okay because o'connell on the surface i guess at first i disagree he he deserved more but i'm gonna come back to this what's really important is thursday night now because you're gonna have have bad games and face adversity really what what i what can make Declan's bold statement correct in my opinion is this if you now make the proper adjustments and, and can come back not a bold statement. Hot take. Statements yeah. are Mackie and Jed. Thank you. Hot take. Your hot take will be right if they can adjust and now come back and You're come right, back. To, and you know what? The Patriots, with their pass rush, mm-hmm. are going to give them that test. And you're going to do it without 
Derisaw, and I do think he's out for probably a month. I agree. Which I don't is think they're, they're, they're not going to mess around with this. Yeah, I don't. And who knows? Did 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 he come back too early? That was the you know, the, the well, Tua thing was. Hey, he came he came back. I think what we're too learning. Early. I think what we well. I think what we have learned is this: you can pass concussion protocol, but if you take another hit to to the head, which oh by the way, it's football, you're probably going to. Yeah. That your second that you are far more susceptible then to a second concussion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, we're not doctors, but that's kind of oh, what it looks like. Oh, sports dad is now. Yes, in fact, yeah, uh, Judd here for <laughs> he just got his doctorate. His sports doctorate, nothing else. Uh, let's go around the room here. We'll start with sports dad Judd. When the Vikings win, we do nitpicks to keep it balanced. But on the rare occasion that they lose, like yesterday, we give you silver linings to also keep it balanced. So we can we can take at least one lap around the room here, maybe two. We'll see. You. How optimistic people are feeling. But what is your number one silver lining off yesterday? You see this? That's kind a of. Lot. Is that a stat game book? It's a stat sheet. It's not yeah. notes. It's the game book. All right? You know, it's got all the stats. It's got all the highlights. And in this case, a lot, of, a, lot of, all right? a lot of unnecessary Un- dead trees. Yeah. Unprecedented. The Vikings printed this, not me. Unprecedented on this show for the first time. Declan, give me the big screen for a second. Oh, sure. Blow, blow me up. <laughs> blow me up. All right? I find no silver linings from this game. You gave up 40. You were terrible. The silver lining is we're tearing up the stat sheet and you play again on Thursday. There was nothing from this game in particular that gets a silver lining from me. Wow. I can't do it. I thought about it. I was trying to torture things. Well, Dalvin Cook was good when he ran the – you know what? Screw it. No. I just tore up the stat sheet. There's no – this is right here, this confetti, the silver lining. Write this okay. down. Well, uh, Judd reprints those game notes because he'll, he'll need yeah. them for Mackie and Judd and or for <laughs> other shows. I'll do, it at the, uh, I'll do it at the station when I come in for Patrick. <laughs> now you're screwed. Yeah. Now you're going to have to figure out how to open a PDF file from the Vikings hey, communications Dex. email that comes out. Hold on out a second. I'm, uh, can I please get a game book? Um, well, okay. I, I, I'll give you a silver lining. And we can do a deeper dive into this maybe on tomorrow's show. But – multiple Super Bowl champions over the past decade have gotten smoked at home at some point halfway through the season or have gone into the tank completely for like a month. So this, this, and this kind of goes back to Declan's hottest take, this loss in a vacuum does not disqualify you from doing the things that you want to do in January and February. What happens after this loss could, if you let this thing, if all of a sudden, you know, this team has peaked or something. But um, this loss in a vacuum on its own, as bad as it was, as ugly as it was, is not that much unlike some of the performances Super Bowl champions have experienced in the last 10 years. And I'll have a, a more, a, a deeper dive for you guys in the next like 24 hours or so. Okay. Okay. Uh, my silver lining is when he lined up to kick that kick, he nailed his kick. Greg Joseph nailed <laughs> his field goal. I've been trying. There's no kicking. Let's go. Here. All right. Let's go. Get the flag, John. Get the flag. Get the shoes. Shoes are on. Stay back. Get it from wider. There you go. Greg. Greg. The leg. The leg is back. Automatic 25-yard chip shot. No problem. No problem for Greg the Lake. He was just, you know, overshadowed by uh, the Dallas kicker making not one but two 
60-yard okay. field goals uh, in this game. Oh, On that note, I saw this from the Pioneer Press. This is nuts. How do you pronounce that? Is it Brett Marr? Is that how we yeah. pronounce the Dallas yep. speaker's name? Brett Marr. So this is from Chris Thomas in Pioneer Press. The 60-yard field goal by Dallas's Brett Marr was the longest in the seven-year history of U.S. Bank Stadium and ties for the third longest ever against the Vikings. Matt Prater had a 62-yard boot in 2021. Mm-hmm. Greg Zerline hit a 61-yarder in 2015. And Will Lutz hit a 60-yarder last month. So the Vikings have had <laughs> four 60-yard field goals made against them in the last, like, six years? What? Someone tweeted, I wish I had the credit for this. Someone tweeted, the two greatest kickers in NFL history are Justin Tucker and whoever kicks against the Vikings. Oh, that's great. That's are you kidding me? Yeah. So can you four? You want to count five? That guy made two yesterday. Can, can you read? The he first just part? lined up a second one. Can you read the first part of that tweet again? Yeah, the sixty-yard field goal by Dallas's Brett Maher was the longest in the seven-year history of U.S. Bank Stadium, and ties for the third longest ever against the Vikings. And then he lists some road field goals here. Okay. So Matt Prater had a sixty-two-yarder in two thousand twenty-one. Okay. Yep. Zerline had a 61-yarder in 2015, and Will Lutz had a 60-yarder last month. Oh, okay. just, you know, casually teams are booting 60-yard field goals, a handful of them against the – they're averaging like one a year apparently. How how long was, <laughs> was uh, Prater's field goal for Detroit at the end of regulation of the game? I think the Lions won in overtime at the stadium decks. I think you were sitting by, by me that day. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was – I, no, I think that was 2017, right? I think that was their last – Yeah. Um, I thought that started, was 60-something. Yeah. That was – yeah, was we were sitting next – Yes. Prater had an absolute boot. Because this kid's leg is Prater-like. I believe that forced this, overtime, right? Because I remember Harrison Smith – or no. Let's see here. It did. Yes, it did. Um, the second so, one was just right down the middle. Just – how about it. that? Well, and how about the fact that that and I still don't get it. So there's the CD Lamb catch on the sideline. There's McCarthy calls a timeout, which gives the officials time to like look, decide. Oh, we're going to look at this. So the so the kicker barely makes, or he makes that first one, and then they're like, no, it doesn't count. We're reviewing this play from Lamb. They uphold it. So I'm like, okay, he comes back with a stronger kick. I know it was nuts. The guy just. <laughs> Cyborg's one probably would have been good from 70 yards, too. Just absolutely insane. Uh, we do have to get to what are you doing, guy, here. I have one for you. Maybe you have one for me as well. But uh, hopefully you were you were taking the unders on underdog fantasy yeah, when it comes to Vikings performances yesterday. I did not. But I want to highlight my guy, Jeremy, who cashed in a big <laughs> slip um, because our listeners are really good at wow. underdog fantasy. Uh, yeah, a little five-item parlay here for my guy Jeremy that I that fly I fly eagles fly. I yeah, guess. he took the, this was from last Thursday, but I, I forgot to show it on the show. So he took higher on AJ Brown, Miles Sanders, Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts, and then of course you take that long neck of Davis Mills and you ride the under, right? You ride the under of passing attempts, and he cashes out a nice little payday for him an underdog fantasy, which is the best and easiest way. To play fantasy sports, you can join with promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. They'll help you out with a $100 match of a deposit. So you put a little money in, they'll match it up to $100. Uh, there's great pick em options. you got the World Cup that's also starting this week. So there's World Cup, there's NFL, there's NBA, there's NHL. Plenty of options at Underdog Fantasy. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app. Uh, and then Judd, speaking of the under, Judd's under uh, oh, what a his, basically his junior high weight these days. <laughs> 
I don't know about that, but but you've you've done a good job. Thank you very much, Down. uh, 40 pounds and uh, the most important thing, keeping the the weight off thanks to our friends we've been talking about for a long time now, Livia Weight Control Centers. And, yes, it's weight control. It's not a diet. It's not a quick fad thing. It's losing the weight, which they make as simple as possible. And then, most importantly, keeping the weight off. And for the holidays now. So for all of you when it's getting cold outside who say, yeah, I mean, this isn't a time to try to lose weight. No, it's the perfect time. And here's why. Because right now, best offer of the year, 50%. Save 50%. Start today. And then you know what? By the time football season's done and spring is approaching, you're going to feel great. You're going to fit into a ton of clothes. And you're going to keep the weight off. 855-GO-LIVIA. Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com. Start Losing the weight now and feel fantastic. Livia.com. Guys, get off that couch and find out how you can lose weight very easily. All right. Again, I, I hate to do this because I think very highly of this person. But yesterday, the Vikings went into halftime down 23 to 3. Okay. Whew, that was bad. But uh, we've come back before, down 17 against Buffalo on the road. Mm-hmm. We're at home. We got this, right? Okay. Okay, well, Dallas gets the ball to start the second half and uh, immediately marches five uh, five plays, 75 yards, capped by a Tony Pollard 68-yard touchdown reception to go up 30-3. to three. Mm-hmm. It's now 30-3 to three <laughs> with 12 <laughs> minutes to go in the I third quarter. I, I think I know where you're going. Yeah, you have to score at least four touchdowns. Unless if, and if you think you're going to stop Dallas the rest of the way from scoring, then four touchdowns is the minimum. But you probably need like six touchdowns now going forward. Okay? Yep. 30 to three. Yep. What's the Vikings' first play out of the gate with 12 minutes and 32 seconds remaining? A play action. Oh, yes. <laughs> A fake handoff to Dalvin Cook, and rightfully so, Demarcus Lawrence does not bite on it because why would you bite on a play action when you're when you're up 30-3? to three? You do not bite on play action. You invite them to run the ball if they want, and then you laugh at them. And Demarcus Lawrence literally just ignored the running back and demolished Kirk Cousins for a seven-yard sack. And so Kevin O'Connell, play caller, head coach, phoning in, a play action handoff down thirty to three with twelve minutes to go in the third quarter. What are you doing, guy? Come on now. Yeah, there were a couple of questionable things. I thought you were going to do the one that drove me crazy. It drove me so crazy that I, for the first time ever, did an in-game time to get surly Judd and posted it immediately. And that's this: when you give up that touchdown, the same one, thirty to three, you're down twenty-seven, and more importantly, your quarterback who, no matter what we say about him, is incredibly important. Like, if you lose Kirk Cousins, you are sunk. I do not think Nick Mullins can step in. Nick Mullins played pretty well in the fourth quarter. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Here come (laughs) the stats because Dallas doesn't care. Um, Get Cousins out of there. Like, this. first of all, you're down by 27. Second of all, he's getting crushed. So this is not like, well, it's a rough day, but, you know, the pressure's not too bad, right? you got to get him out of there. There's no compelling – you play on Thursday. There's no compelling case to leave him in. And, and, and O'Connell said post game, you know, Kirk wanted to stay in and we will never quit. Okay, that word is a bad word, quit. But I got two words for you, common sense. You play on Thursday. 
your quarterback is getting killed, and that part's not his fault. So the offensive line's awful. I don't know why, but they're awful. Well, partially because of Michael Persons. But anyway, get him out. I mean, that's uh, not a benching. That's a common sense move. You yeah, live to live to fight another game. Yeah, I agree with that. You probably could have gone that direction, too. Is Does he even need to be out there anymore? CBS decided right after that drive that they didn't need to be out there anymore. It's incredible. CBS. Did, what did they say exactly? Because I, I obviously didn't see it. They So J, JB came on and basically said, hey, uh, we know we know that the national audience, you guys have been watching this Dallas-Minnesota game. Um, we're going to find a more competitive game for you. <laughs> they called it out. This yes. is awesome. And they went. They went to the Steelers Bengals game, which was a more competitive game. Yes, that is that is correct. So, did only the Minneapolis St. Paul and Dallas market stay with that game? Yeah. Then, was, yes, okay. I assume so. Yeah. yeah. Well, more, more on that on Mackie and Judd today. Okay, for sure. Okay, that's hilarious. So, oh man. So, all right. Well, yeah, the Vikings got their asses kicked, and now they have to play the Patriots or get to play the Patriots. Judd has turned his. Stat sheet into confetti. He's going to be trying to tape that together before we record Mackie and Judd today. (laughs) You know what it is? It's time to forget this game and Thursday night. Let's get back to... Go flush that. Clog your toilet. No, no, I'm not Trump. Let's get back to the (laughs) waving the flag on Thursday night. Okay. Okay. Let's get back to it. There we go. Amazing. All right, Judd, Mackie, our executive producer, Declan, and you can find our other daily podcast, Mackie and Judd, uh, over on the Scornoth YouTube channel or the Mackie and Judd podcast feed. Vikings got destroyed, but it's just one of one, as Kirk Cousins said. We'll find out if it's just one of one on Thursday night, uh, but we'll be with you every day of this week and Thanksgiving and Black Friday and the Saturday because this is a daily show. Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.